0: Hi, everyone. This is Working Title, the podcast where we, for intrepid, handsome, intelligent, and entirely fraudulent reviewers, watch and review IMDb's top 250 English-language movies as of November 2019, going from bottom to top. So watch along with us, and... They do film in herds. Alrighty, um... Just checking in, we got June back as well yeah roll call hello (laughs) hello hi i'm jack (laughs) what's this (laughs) all right well welcome back everyone to another episode of nationally acclaimed podcast working title the one where we review all of the movies on imdb's top 250 english language movies list of course as of november 2019 which is uh a long time ago. At this point, on this uh, indefinite date that this episode will be aired. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> June, you can uh, you can put in the release date and post, right? The jig is up. <laughs> recorded on August twenty seventh of twenty twenty. Right. So, what movie are we here talking about this week? Uh, none other than Annie Hall, um, nineteen seventy seven. I don't want to call it a rom com. It's like a failed rom-com. <laughs> uh, directed it by and starring Woody Allen, of course, uh, in something that feels just a half-step away from autobiographical. Yeah, also starring Diane Keaton, one of her most famous roles. Super critically acclaimed. Uh, really kind of the what this movie revolves around is uh, Woody Allen or the character he plays Alvy Singer's failing relationship with a woman. Uh, interesting movie. Before we get too far into it, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Jack, and the movie that terrified me when I was a kid—that probably shouldn't have terrified me—was the Page Master. That's that's.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> <huh>. <laughs> All right. Who's up next? Jesus.
2: Wait. What? What about the Page Master? <laughs> Now, what was so scary
0: about it I don't remember I just remember it scared me was it the librarian I I honestly Christopher Lloyd <laughs> Macaulay Culkin Macaulay Culkin who uh, renamed his middle name and put it up to a poll on the internet to pick his new middle name that's why his new name is Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jack, you do know the pages aren't really alive, right? It's just a—it's a, a cartoon. It's a cartoon.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I was terrified of this in like 1997. I was five or six.
1: <laughs> Boy, if he ever saw a book burning, it must have really affected
0: him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, your I'm turn now, gonna... go <laughs>
3: My name is Mike, and uh, the movie that scared me was uh, the Labyrinth mm.
2: with David Bowie. That's uh, definitely understandable.
3: <laughs> but it was—that's a hell of a bulge. I only watched the first five minutes of the movie, and when the little baby gets kidnapped, that was the point where I had to turn it off. In fact, the babysitter I had at the time uh, got fired because of how much it terrified me. When my mom came home, she fired my babysitter
2: for making me watch The Labyrinth. Holy shit. <laughs> so when did you ever see it again? I,
3: I, I, I think I was in college when I finally went back and watched it again. They reaffirmed You were ready for the Goblin King? It was so long that I, I did not know it was a musical. My entire <laughs> life. <laughs>
0: is, um, is that on our list?
2: I doubt it. I, I highly doubt yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Labyrinth is, like, critically
1: acclaimed. I think it's
0: just... Remember, this list is not critically acclaimed. It's what the good people of IMBD thought was good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, my turn. All right. My, my name is Shane, and my movie was The Dark Crystal.
3: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Those, like, horses they ride that are, like, praying mantises or whatever the fuck they were, that was terrifying. Plus, the life, like, I don't know. I, yeah, that scares the shit out of me.
3: You don't like Jim Henson?
1: I love Jim Henson. I love the Muppets, but the Muppets never <laughs> rode mantis <laughs> horses.
3: <laughs>
1: you didn't catch that one? Kermit. You didn't watch Kermit ride the the mantis horse? Watch Kermit and Miss Piggy ride mutant horses to the forest.
0: June, if you've got a Kermit impression somewhere in there, now is the time. I
2: can't say that I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a scary movie, though. Mm. This is a 1966 Stephen King movie called Thinner. It is about a fat lawyer who gets cursed by a gypsy and becomes rapidly and uncontrollably thinner. <laughs> this this scared uh, you. I don't know why, but after this I had a be- uh, I had a very big uh irrational fear of gypsies. <laughs> this is this is this
3: is how June developed his eating disorder. <laughs>
1: What a weird! Only Stephen King would run with that premise. Like that wouldn't make it past the first draft with most people. <laughs> like ah, I don't know.
2: Well, the funny thing is, I never went back and rewatched this movie because just by looking at it, like when you're older, you can realize that it's just a terrible movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you were already a critic as a child. Just, you were scared
3: of
0: how bad it was, which
1: leads us into our next movie, Annie Hall. Oh
3: god!
0: <laughs> what a segue. All right. So about Annie Hall. Before Mike takes us through it, just a little, to talk a little bit about, his for lack of a better term, what this movie's deal is. Um, <laughs> this is uh, Woody Allen plays a character that, knowing Woody Allen is not probably too far off from his own personality, a comedian named Alvy Singer, and uh, it's an interesting one. It's it's got a lot of um, very. Uh, stylistic affectations in its approach to you know the story. There is virtually no fourth wall. Uh, it bounces back and forth. It's very non-sequential in a lot of places. But yeah, before we get too far into it, let's have Mike describe what happens in this movie. So
3: we're gonna we gonna hit it all, or should we do a couple sections?
0: I leave it up to you, and you're infinite wisdom, Mike. All right, we're well, gonna have to cut me off when I go too far. Um, I'm gonna be drinking, so
3: <laughs> I want to start by saying that. I always thought there would be one day that one movie would come along that might kill this podcast. <laughs> 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 might be today. Anyway, so we have Alvy Singer, who um, is just, like you said, Woody Allen. It starts off with him as an adolescent, young life. It kind of goes into how he has problems with relationships with women. There's some scenes where he's kind of talking to a doctor and, or a psychiatrist, and he's you know explaining that He's very uh, upset that the that there's no point to life, and he's kind of a, uh, I guess, a, a cynical person at heart, and that kind of lays out who he is throughout this movie. Um, from there, we move on to his adult life, where he is explaining what happened with his relationship with Annie Hall and why they broke up. Um, at the beginning, it goes through their, I guess, they're, they're halfway through their relationship at the beginning of this movie. It jumps around a lot, and it's kind of difficult to describe. But to start off, Woody Allen's character is um, very, uh, just like a cynical person.
1: Man meets woman. Woman hates guy. Guy hates girl. They make friends in the end.
2: You won't hear it in the final cut. I'm going to edit out a lot of long pauses between Mike's recap, but that is actually very... <laughs> It's a good representation of this movie and how (laughs) underwhelming it is.
1: God, it's sad too, because like Woody Allen, you can tell he's clever. Like some, a lot of the dialogue is kind of funny and clever and witty, but it's sandwiched between so much annoying bullshit that uh, an hour and a half movie felt like
2: three hours.
1: I yeah thought it would never end.
2: This movie was. It was like they took a mediocre stand-up set and wrote a script around it. Ex- oh, right. Cause you know how st- like stand-up comedy, the jokes just you know completely change topics from joke to joke.
0: Uh, that's what this movie was. Yeah, All and right. they have
1: like the little thread it kind of follows. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, I have to say, I didn't love this movie, but there were points where I was laughing. Yeah, absolutely, oh, I laughed.
3: Yeah, oh sure. I was I was I was laughing more than I should have. In fact I was laughing so much that it, my wife was annoyed and she had to leave the room.
1: It had like a curb your enthusiasm kind of feel. But well that's it the thing was way, way too long. Movie, so.
2: <laughs> so you actually stole one of my notes, Shane. Uh <laughs> so to set the stage, I had to watch this movie in college as part of a film class, and I absolutely hated it. But with some of the like other movies that we've reviewed i gained like a new appreciation as we kind of analyzed it, and i was hoping that this movie was going to end up like that but upon the second watching i didn't gain any appreciation for this movie but i lost a lot of respect for curb your enthusiasm
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh larry my God. david you no know, talent hack
3: so to continue with this movie the the Overall concept of this film was Woody Allen, um, or sorry, Alvy trying to figure out what happened with his relationship with Annie Hall. Um, he met her at a, um, he's playing tennis at a, at a tennis club and met her with her friend. And she was essentially just Alvy female version. And they kind of fell for each other and they have this very quirky relationship that went back and forth, um, Alvy was going through his second wife at the time and ended up falling in love with Annie Hall where they they had a lot of good years and, and the, the flashbacks go back and forth with him having you know the recent breakup battles like the fights where they're he's untrusting of her and she is uh, talking about her professors and, and she's telling him that he needs to relax but then it goes back to their good times where the reason they fall in love with they' having these you know interactions with each other is there's a famous lobster scene. I guess it's famous. I read it was famous, but there's a scene where they're, you know, cooking lobsters, and it shows their their fluidness with each other. But throughout the film, you can see that relationships fall apart, and they end up breaking up. Uh, he accuses her of cheating, but there, it's the '70s, so it's really not that big a deal. Uh, but <laughs> has, has
1: cheating lost its touch?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, he so so Alibi is he's the kind of guy. He's like I said, he's very cynical. He wants people to be in touch with political stuff, he wants people to be intellectual, he wants people to have discussions with him, and Annie is kind of, she's a pot-smoking kind of hippie, she wants to enjoy her life, she wants to have fun, and throughout the film, uh, we see that kind of starts to clash in the relationship, where Annie kind of just wants to go out and have a good time, but Woody Allen just wants everybody to be critical, and to be conscious about political things going on, and, and, and look at him like he's a smart guy, he always brings up arguments, and people are constantly looking dumb to him, but he's always looking like an asshole, Uh, to everybody else, but that's kind of his problem. It's almost like a self-hatred that he has. And Annie is is kind of the opposite of that. At the same time, though, very close to his own personal uh, kind of um, personality. Um, So anyway, so we get through their entire relationship through this film, from the goods, the bads, him analyzing everything that he's done wrong and everything that he enjoyed about this relationship. Uh, She ends up starting to become a very good singer, and that's where they start to date at the beginning, the flashback, where... Alvi really pushes her to to do well and follow her dreams and she wants to be a singer and she develops this in the film to the point where she actually gets asked to uh, to join a label like a record label and uh even though Alvi was kind of promoting her and, and pushing her to be better she or he didn't like the idea of this happening and he kind of shoots it down because of his cynicalism and uh I, After a couple of, it's months or years, it doesn't really explain, but after some time, um, they get invited to go to California. And this is where the the really big falling out happens, where they had broken up a couple times, they got back together. But they go to California, and while they're there, she again gets approached to join this label. And they decide that they're both done with the relationship and they want to go separate ways Um, at this point um Alvy ends up dating a couple other women realizes again that he's still in love with with annie hall and goes back to california tries to win her over by asking her to marry him just on the spot at this cafe and she just just is not having it anymore there she's done with the relationship so woody or sorry Alvy, it's just woody allen it, They're it's the fucking same Alvy, people. it's just woody allen yeah so so Alvy goes back <laughs> to new york city and he writes a, a play And in in this play, instead of the ending being her turning him down, he writes her part to accept his proposal for marriage. um, But then realizes that, I guess, like, he comes to terms with it. I mean, the entire movie is just really about Alvy coming to terms with relationships and always blaming others. And I feel like he kind of got to the point at the end where he understands that he should just enjoy the good times that it's been, and he's a little less cynical And that's the end of the movie. Like, it ends with her singing... um, What is she singing at the very end there? Seems like Uh, old times. Seems like old times. And that's how it goes out.
1: There you go. Now you guys don't have to see this movie.
2: (laughs) If you want to cut that up, June, go for it. Because that's the entire movie. What I was going to say is, Mike, that was an excellent recap. And I'm just as bored now as I was watching it.
0: (laughs) I can't argue with that. This movie was shit.
2: God, I hate this movie. All
3: right. I I, I actually enjoyed parts of this movie.
2: I, I mean, I so, don't want to just shit on the entire thing. If I may, let me bring up you the may. one scene that I enjoyed and is notable. Is it the movie it theater? Actually, no, so it's oh. the opening scene when they're in the classroom. Um, it's a flashback to when Alvi was a child. He's in class, and he like randomly jumps up out of his seat and uh, kisses this girl on the cheek. You know, she stands up in disgust, and the teacher like calls him up. And there's it was very clever how this scene was filmed, as we see uh, adult Woody take the place of adult Alvy. God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> adult Alvy take the place of uh, young Alvy uh, in the same scene. It's uh, kind of surreal, very well filmed, but uh, probably one of the funnier scenes as well. I think at some point he says like. I always wondered, like, what happened to those kids or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah the, the children standing up saying these lines, it was really funny. Like, one says, like, I'm the president of the Pincus Plumbing Company. And one one's like, I used to be a heroin addict. Now I'm a methadone addict. <laughs> <laughs> and this girl stands up and she says, I'm into leather. <laughs> I'm into leather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So
3: <God>. <clears throat> At the begin at the beginning of this movie, I had a, a thought as well. Uh, in the intro scene, I felt like this was this entire movie was just set up to be Woody Allen's type type five. Like he, all he was trying to do for this film was just do a failing stand up routine where he skipped all the punchlines and never went back and told him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I had a problem where I like had to pause and be like, you know what, fuck you, Woody Allen. It was um, the theater. Oh yeah, so him and Annie are going to a movie because she was late to their original movie. So he is like kind of neurotic about it. And I feel him. I'm not going to go to a movie if I don't see the previews. I need to see the previews first. It's just what you do. You show up to the movie five minutes early. But uh, they go to a different movie, which is a movie they always see, which is, what's it called? The Silent and the Sorrow or the...
0: The Sorrow and the Pity.
1: Yeah. And it's about like World War II and like concentration camps. It's just awful and sad. Well, but, he's,
3: he's definitely a, a, an advocate for the Jewish community in New York City, um, which he should be in the 70s. But he really has a vendetta about anything anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which, you know,
1: good for him. But they're in the theater waiting in line and this guy is acting really smart in front of his date and like bitching about a movie. And Alvy is like vocalizing how everyone feels about this guy. But then here's where I have a problem. So the guy's bitching about a director, just saying, like, oh, he's, he's bad pros and all this stuff. So then he breaks the fourth wall and brings that guy and the director together. And the director's like, you don't know anything about me. And the guy's apparently a professor of film at NYU. And I wanted to be like, hey, fuck you, director. Like, if we don't get your movie... That's not the audience's fault for not understanding your movie.
3: Like, write <laughs> write a better movie. You yeah, hack.
1: <laughs> I hate it when people are like, "Oh, you just don't get it from the director." Okay, wait a goddamn second. Because who is the movie made for? Like, oh, I he's like, you didn't understand my prose at all. Well, whose fucking fault, director, is it for not understanding your prose? If an NYU film professor doesn't even get it, like, <laughs> wait a goddamn. And I just. That made we, me immediately we, combative with Woody Allen, and he never uh, won me back. Gonna, <laughs> gonna, we've
0: really hit a sore spot with Shane. <laughs> but um,
2: I think we should all identify with that scene, like don't you hate people who are unqualified that re- review movies
0: and talk about them? Hey, shh, quiet. Do you think someone's going to like bring Woody Allen to all of our houses to tell us we're wrong right I this hope one? Woody
2: Allen responds
1: to this podcast by coming on so we can fight him.
0: Hear that, Woody.
2: We'd love to have you. <laughs> Not to fight. Only Shane wants to fight.
1: Woody Allen, too. It's like it's so funny because I, I actually like this about him. Is his movies, you watch 10 seconds, you go, oh, that's a Woody Allen movie. Like doesn't matter who's in it or what you go oh well it's like Wes we Anderson in
3: because Woody Allen's gonna be in it because Woody Allen's in every single one of his movies <laughs> he's, not and he's just gonna be in playing it, himself he's the
0: character yeah, yeah. well even in fact, going on... in movies where he's not in it he makes a character play himself in it
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean. This movie literally ends with Woody Allen playing a character that is essentially him casting another character to play the character he just played.
1: <laughs> and he we, won a best picture for this. We
3: were talking about this before the cast. He he made, he made directed Midnight in Paris, and Owen Wilson just as Woody Allen. He just made <laughs> Owen Wilson be him.
1: Yeah, but he's more likable than Woody Allen. He's a more likable Woody Allen.
3: <laughs>
0: well, you can't not like Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs>
1: wow. Wow.
2: Now wow. this movie was like could you imagine paying to see this in theaters
1: I would have been so <laughs> upset I would have felt like, like you- I saw the pity and the sorrow again <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you would have paid money to go sit for an hour and a half in a dark room to listen to some like deranged psychopath complain about things
1: well think about this further so you went and saw this movie and you go what the fuck was that and you go home and watch the Oscars and then it wins Best Picture and yeah. throws something across your room. So, <laughs> hey, okay, you know
0: what? It's not like there were a lot of other great contenders in 1977. That was
1: going to be my question for this podcast: Is what the hell did this thing go up against? To win I, best
2: Star picture? Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. That was Star the only Wars.
0: one. Well, I mean, there were other things, oh, but the only one.
2: I was going to wait wow. until we got to the end portion of the the podcast to bring this up, but like. We can kind of dismiss Star Wars right now, especially with some of the newer Star Wars that have come out whatever right but you know in 1977 when this like previously unheard of space opera comes out that's just so like technologically advanced it's something we'd never seen before and it was beaten out by this abortion of a movie
1: imagine okay. let me let me if you imagine if you sat down to watch the Oscars. And they're like, "All right." And the contenders are Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, and Jiggly. And the winner is Jiggly, featuring Jenna Lopez. Come on up here. You would throw something, but that's what this was like.
3: Right, I'm <laughs> gonna be. I'm gonna defend a little bit here because I don't think it was as terrible as we're it's making okay. it out I, to be. It's okay. I
0: won't talk. It's it's okay.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Mike. It's it's fine. We can't do this. It's gonna get cut. Wait. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: not this bit again.
0: <laughs> just, just just go ahead, Mike.
3: <laughs> no bullshitting aside Please go ahead, Jack.
0: no. We're stuck at the page master. <laughs> all
3: right, all right, all right. I'm sweating so, now. I can't I want out. to do after all the shit talking we're doing and I I've Honestly, kind of jumped on board with you guys, but I did actually like some parts about this movie, Uh, specifically the fact that the things we're complaining about, Woody Allen makes fun of himself in the the same way. There's a scene where he is at a dinner party with a bunch of intellectuals, and he's not enjoying it, so he goes and watches uh, the Knicks game on the television in a bedroom, and his wife at the time comes in and complains that he's not socializing with his guests, and he makes the comment that... Why should he have to put up with pretentiousness and listen to those people? What's wrong with just watching a baseball game? And his entire movie is that kind of premise. He makes very smart intellectual jokes and he's shoving it down your throat how smart he is. But he's also understanding that he is doing this. And I feel like that scene kind of reflects on him calling himself out on his bullshit in a a funny way. And I I liked it.
1: Right. Like he has that scene where she's going through his box of things it says impeach Eisenhower impeach Lyndon Johnson impeach Nixon (laughs) (laughs) he's just calling for the impeachment of every president
3: (laughs) also he meets his first wife and she's like calling him out for being like kind of chauvinistic and he's like yeah I'm a bigot but I'm a bigot for the left
0: (laughs) so just just to spend a minute talking about the things that I thought were really good about this movie and don't worry this will be a quick segment but (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of scenes in this that were really clever. Like the one June mentioned where the kids are turning and saying what what happened to them. I did not expect that. The scene where they have the the mental subtitles when they're flirting on the balcony. Mm. That was was funny. That was fun. I've never seen anything like that. So I thought that was pretty good.
1: Or the two families talking to you together, but they're not. Where he's like cutting it and the two families are talking to him, but they're answering each other.
0: Yeah. I thought that was fun. So there, there's a scene where um, Annie Hall uh, is close with her family. She has a picture of her brother Christopher Walken up on the wall and her father and Grammy Hall, um, who is her grandmother. glad you caught on Christopher Walken. <laughs> how, how can you miss that? Um, but we'll get there in a second. But she has these photos of her family, and you know she mentions that Grammy Hall is a huge anti-Semite. And at some point, you know, once they're dating seriously, they go and get dinner with them, which is where this scene that you were mentioning happens where like Elvie's family kind of is cut in and it's like the two families side by side. And there were even some subtle riffs like uh, her Grammy Hall made ham because she hates juice so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, there's a a few more overt uh, things which are pretty funny. At one point, you know, they look away from him and they look back at him and they look and he's dressed as like a Hasidic Jew, complete with, you know, hat (laughs) and, uh, you know, the sideburns. And, you know, they look away and they look back and he's normal again. And I thought there was a lot of really clever filmmaking in this. Like, there was a lot in here that was pretty clever. It was
3: very clever. I think this whole film was very clever. It even wrote so clever in my notes right here underlining yeah. it, it would but, have
1: been a great short film
3: but going into that um the the, the dinner scene there it, afterwards it kind of went into alvey's side of the family so he's he was you know obviously being um persecuted for being a jewish person but then it shows his family and just the, the argument that he's having like the, his father is talking to his wife and just saying some horrendous shit about you know black people (laughs) just like terrible (laughs) things stealing things
1: what's she supposed to do like oh god
3: it's just it's it's this movie really just kind of calls out all of that stuff and i feel like woody allen has always done that with all of his movies he's always just trying to say things that are i mean his character in this film was you know the most call everything out and push it in everybody's face in fact when he's even getting picked on like he's being bullied by people, he's still making jokes. He's still bringing delight. Like he's getting robbed, and he's still making fun of it.
1: Wait, I just had a realization. Did Woody Allen mean for this movie to be like his relationship with Annie Hall, where we only want to remember bits and pieces that were good, but the overall was shit?
2: I think that's reaching a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, I just, I, mean- I just had that, Woody Allen. If you, if that's the truth, you're. God damn genius.
0: <laughs> if it's not the truth, he's going to show up at your door and argue with you. <laughs> no, this all harkens back to,
2: once again, if this was a stand-up bit where it just went from joke to joke, it would have been hilarious and awesome. But to build it into a whole story, and I think it lost a lot by, just purely ironically because of Woody Allen. Because it's just incess- incessant rambling the whole time. <sighs> and it's yeah. just funny though it's very Honestly, hard to listen to it's it's a good shtick like once twice it wears right? out for sure the
0: whole movie when oh my god i just yeah w- the failing feels like it's not in the scenes but what kind of threads them together
3: yes so that's the thing though is like i don't know like i so i, I like woody allen movies like i enjoy them when i saw that woody allen was going to be in this movie i was excited to watch this movie i'd never seen it before i didn't know he was in it and then watching it like you're right uh, if you're going to watch a Woody Allen movie, this is not the one I would recommend, but there's there's a charm to his incessant rambling. But only for a little bit.
0: I feel like this is an interesting movie to come right after Kill Bill because <laughs> Tarantino, it, it's the same thing, right? And there's other directors that do this, like Joss Whedon. When you watch a Joss Whedon movie, every character talks like they're in a Joss Whedon movie, right? Yeah. And in in Tarantino movies, they just have these like lengthy diatribes on
3: yeah we brought that up in the kill bill yeah
0: yeah and somehow with woody allen that his weird neurosis and comedy infects every character in this movie and it's just too much in a way that i enjoy tarantino's characters doing that so much i just can't get on board with woody allen being every character in the film to to to
3: woody allen's defense Annie Hall is, is actually, she's just, she feels the same way as us. She gets bored and annoyed with him <laughs> halfway through the movie, which is where I kind of left
0: off too. I was watching this thing, I'm like, no shit every relationship this guy has failed. <laughs> <laughs> He's a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> hey, isn't it weird that in Woody
3: Allen movies, like all of his girlfriends and wives are always like knockouts? Like, <laughs> How oh, yeah, the hell is, is he like, scoring these chicks?
0: This is like the weird... Hollywood trope, right? Where like the, I mean, it's it's like a TV thing too, where the weird, ugly schmuck dude, like the fat comedian, gets like these bombshell like women <laughs> who are in love with him. And I mean, like, I guess as a comedian, he has like a, a level of charisma and some kind of charm, but it's just what what the hell?
2: <laughs> I'm just curious, Mike. What Woody Allen movies do you like? <laughs> Called out. <laughs> Putting me on the spot.
3: Um, so my favorite Woody Allen movie is uh, so I don't remember the name of it, so obviously I'm not that big of a Woody Allen fan, but it's the one where he finds a severed hand in the desert where this lady it was he murders his wife, and when he murdered his wife, she was flipping him off, and she and he drops her severed hand in the desert when he's trying to bury her corpse, and the hand ends up becoming magical, and this little town this little town finds it and they end up worshipping it as an idol because if they ask for a wish, the wish is granted. So Woody Allen is like trying to get the hand so he can bury it because it's evidence that he killed his wife, but the town's worship it as an idol because they think it's from God and it's...
2: I know and what like- movie you're talking about. It's called Picking Up the Pieces. Oh, it's amazing. Do you know why you think that movie's amazing? <laughs> why? Because it was neither directed nor written by Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair enough. <laughs> My favorite Woody Allen film is where the cars turn into people and like they fight each other.
0: <laughs> you know that Woody Allen movie where Tom Hanks is in World War Two and they're looking for this guy named Ryan. <laughs> All right, let's let's
3: not turn this podcast around
0: on me. <laughs>
2: we've we've all had a laugh
1: that's how bad woody allen films are we have to insert him into movies we remember
2: no he he did star in it but he had no part in the direction or the writing okay okay. so i guess i should
3: rephrase then I I, i like woody allen as an actor
1: i like midnight in paris i will say i've seen that woody allen film and i do enjoy it
3: that was a good one but,
1: but he's not in it, and I think that's why I enjoyed it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so,
2: so he either has to only be in it or only have written it. <laughs> he
0: cannot be anywhere near the director chair. <laughs> he, he can't have the, the Tarantino treatment where he gets Final Cut privileges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after what we said about... Now I'm just picturing like Woody Allen starring in Tarantino movies. <laughs>
1: Just this neurotic Jewish guy who's slicing people with
0: swords. (laughs) I I was thinking more inglorious bastards, but yeah, that too.
2: Now, if you think about it, though, if you listen to Tarantino talk, like he is, he is that same vein of neurosis.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just replace Christoph Waltz with Woody Allen.
3: Oh God. He'd he'd be constantly in a state of danger, and always just talking
0: shit about the danger. (laughs) They're under this floor, aren't they? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> i was in christopher walken too also yeah. is this the youngest i've ever seen christopher walken in a movie
1: did he not look like like an armani model or something like that i was like damn yeah christopher walken yeah. So, looked good at his young did, age uh
3: bringing bring up cameos did you guys all catch on to the other cameo jeff fucking goldblum answering oh, the phone <laughs> yeah,
1: why <laughs> just why jeff goldblum answering the phone in la
3: <laughs> this is and his only line was this is not my mantra yeah
1: we, he answered it and then the scene stops like a that, that was jeff goldblum
0: <laughs> yeah jeff it's not our mantra either i think he was referring to the film uh sigourney weaver was Alvi's date at the end too
1: was she Wait, really what
0: no. yeah i didn't notice i i was not paying attention to the movie that by that point but Wikip- <laughs> wikipedia says so so while we're on the topic of Christopher Walken, that was
2: another notable scene: is his monologue. Absolutely. Um, he plays Dwayne, I think was his name. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, his Dwayne. brother, right? Dwayne yeah. Hall. Yeah, and and Alvy uh, like walks into his room and in just psychopath fashion, he's just like, "I see two headlights coming towards me fast. <laughs> <laughs> I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> And then, and then right after that, he drives. He them. drives him to
3: the airport. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. <laughs>
1: I love how Woody Allen approaches that though. He goes, "Okay, you're crazy," <laughs> he like, just leaves the
2: room. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yeah, Dwayne." I think he says, I- "I'm, I'm due back on planet Earth." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was so funny because, like, at the dinner table, I'm like, "Wait, that actor's familiar." And then, like, he goes back, and I'm like, "That's Christopher Walken." Oh my god! And then he tells the story of like, oh, that is Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> the car, two headlights, <laughs> <and> flames, <laughs> kill us all. And
3: yeah, apparently, he's played the, the halls, same character since he's eighteen.
1: Right? Apparently, the halls all drive cars like they're stolen. <laughs> yeah,
2: like you know, um, you know, there's like that like NFL package that you can pay for, and it cuts out all this all this stuff in between the plays. <laughs> So you watch a game in like twenty minutes. If this movie was like that, or you could just watch the jokes, oh,
1: like it it'd be so cuts. much better. We should start a cable channel called the Woody Allen
3: Package.
0: <laughs> that movie probably exists, and it's probably some uh, stand-up routine that Woody Allen did.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> or at least he had somebody do it for him.
2: Like I, so I had I I lost so much interest that I had to like look to other things to like try to you know re. Uh revive this movie for me, and uh one of the things I did' notice was the cinematography was very good and I would find out later that the cinematographer was the same uh same guy that did the godfather movies hmm.
0: um
2: yeah it had a it had a lot of long long takes uh that were very skillfully done um yeah, I like long takes you know <laughs> we know you like the long takes
1: oh. Another random thing. His stand up, I I wanted to hate it, but I liked it.
0: Oh, Just really, like yeah. him,
1: like I'm like, God damn it, that is kind of funny, but it's too highbrow. It's like it. The it was f- a
0: glimpse into the medium this movie should have been.
1: <laughs> the what was it, Freud and he charges? I I, I can't do it well, but it was it was pretty funny. But it's like one of those. This whole thing was like that chuckle you are like, God damn it! That's kind of funny. It's like being in an argument, but they say something funny, and you're like, Yeah, that that was good. Uh,
2: I mean, <laughs> I don't want to like your jokes, but I like the joke. <laughs> I thought this it, on kind of on that vein. I thought this was almost too much. It's like Woody Allen like read a book on modernism <laughs> and the stream of consciousness, and just like ran with it two hundred percent. Oh right. It was like. It,
3: Either that or Woody Allen tried to do actual stand up in his real world life and it tanked so bad that he said, You know what?
0: I'm going to write a movie and it's going to love, everybody's going to love my jokes. <laughs> so, to take a second on that, this has a Wikipedia page, as most movies of this caliber do. And there is a full page worth. I have a tall monitor and it fills up the entire goddamn page of critical analysis. With headers like love and sexuality, Jewish identity, Woody Allen persona, location, psychoanalysis, and, po- and modernism, what a crock of shit Let me read you one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read you something.
1: That was amazing. Oh.
0: <laughs> this uh, this this critic said that for him, Alvy is a victim of tendency toward over determination of meaning. Or, in modernist terms, the tyranny of the signified.
2: Oh, shut the fuck up.
0: (laughs) And his involvement with Annie can be viewed as an attempt to establish a spontaneous, intellectually unencumbered relationship. An attempt which is doomed to failure. So
3: what this sounds like to me is somebody related to Woody Allen's character. And we're all fucking shitting on that guy, so this guy sucks as much as our character of Woody Allen.
1: That, that's bullshit. This movie's about a likable asshole, and his girlfriend realizes he's more of an asshole than likable, and she says goodbye. The oh, that's a very Woody ass.
2: Allen thing for you to say, Shane. <laughs> it's You're gonna pull I'm... us to the side and pull Woody Allen out of the bush. And... <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Woody, is this critic right? <laughs> well, you
3: know what's you know what's funny about this critic is he's absolutely wrong because at the end of the movie. Alvy realizes that he's pushing himself and all these people, and he comes to the conclusion that it's better to be away from somebody and not be the person always forcing himself. So,
1: also, I'm going to say this: I think he kind of dodged a bullet with Annie. She did. She was really not that great of a catch. Like she kind of pushing him to do a lot of cocaine. She kind of got better in the end, but like she represents every chick that I just could not stand. Like the messy car and. I'm just
2: dizzy and oh my god! I forgot about that, Mike. Is it with the cocaine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when when he when he turns down the cocaine, she's like, "You never want to try new
0: things."
1: <laughs> yeah. it's like cocaine. I was waiting for like, I want to try a new restaurant, not not, not cocaine.
0: <laughs> I love how your Woody Allen impression is consistently Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. <laughs>
1: Damn it! This is why I'll never be in film i just gonna stutter more all right you're a stuttering Not... guy okay
0: <laughs> i mean i guess what's frustrating me about this movie is so much of what it why it's regarded so well is because people look at it for all this like modernist uh mm. identity you know like critical analysis type stuff but i feel like that's more because they're just Digging for it. Like you can dig for this shit in any movie.
1: Well, he, he so. gets away by dropping buzzwords. It's like those guys in fucking college classes that sit in the front row and wear their Che Guevara shirt and they just say random buzzwords for whatever they're talking about, but they but if you scratch past the surface, they have no idea what they're talking about. They just hey, know let, the buzzword.
2: Let, let me tell you about the postmodern themes in Home Alone too. <laughs>
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, starring Macaulay, Macaulay, Colton, Colton. <laughs> so I just, so, so I think that
3: it's interesting what you're saying about the buzzwords, but I didn't get that from it. Like, like I said, I actually enjoyed a lot of this movie. And the reason I think I enjoyed it wasn't because I was looking for buzzwords or trying to sound intelligent or whatever. It's because this movie kind of made me feel like I was relating to my own personal relationships. And I know that sounds, you know, very narcissistic, but... It's, it's true, a lot of the stuff that I went through growing up with relationships, Woody Allen nails it. I'm always thinking that I was right. I did nothing wrong. The other people are always at fault. And I related to that while watching this film, and I liked that. And are you also dating it,
0: people 30 years younger
3: than you? Well, I mean, I couldn't at the time, but I think I would now. I mean, what if you were right? <laughs> what do you mean?
1: I mean, you're beating yourself up. Maybe you're right and they're wrong.
2: Wait, are, what are we doing here? <laughs> Are we talked about this movie.
1: Hey, Mike. It, it We're going three
0: fault.
2: different directions. <laughs> Turns out this podcast wasn't a uh, intervention for Shane. It was for Mike. This whole time.
0: <laughs>
1: Uh oh, oh, it's so much more fun to talk about this piece of shit than it was to drag for an hour. and a- I literally thought this movie was three hours long until I saw that it had an hour and a half runtime, And I went, what?
2: I did too. I paused it halfway thinking like, God, it's <laughs> been like two and a half hours. How much more is, is there? <laughs>
1: That's never good from a best picture. I never paused Star Wars.
3: Like- <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we got a text from June saying, I don't think I can finish this movie. <laughs>
1: and he was only fifteen <laughs> in minutes morning. in.
0: <laughs>
2: no, I I agree with uh, with your point, Jack. I think I'm beginning to see why this movie was part of the syllabus in, in my film class. It, I did yeah. like the
3: part at the very end where uh, the cop kind of uh, did he he got in, yeah he got into an accident because he's driving a rental car. He goes to he goes to L.A. or California. I don't know if it was L.A. to see Annie and mm-hmm. ask her to marry him. And she turns him down and as he's leaving in this rental car that he can't drive because he's from New York and nobody in New York drives, he accidentally gets into an accident and the cops show up <laughs> and the cops like <laughs> ask for his license and he's like, you know, I got, I got a problem with authority and he just like rips his license in half. He's and like, I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Half. I just, I, I don't know what to do. I have I, a problem with authority. I have
2: to. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And, and Accident, I wouldn't say is the right word. He <laughs> crashes into three
0: parked cars <laughs> back to back. Because
1: his only driving experience was bumper cars.
0: <laughs> so let's do last call on comments about this movie before we start moving on to the next section about how it did and stuff. All right. Yep. Yeah. And that's it, folks. <laughs> All it right. To me. Uh, so let's... to kind of talk about how this movie did, how, to, how it was received, that kind of thing. Obviously, uh, we're climbing up the ladder on IMD, uh, IMDb, so you know people regard this pretty well. But it debuted in the Los Angeles Film Festival, and then uh, released a month later, and it brought in uh, thirty-eight million dollars. I guess in uh, twenty thirteen money, that's one hundred and forty-three million. So it's it's a pretty pretty big haul. Um, and it was a $4 million budget, so it it was uh, pretty significant. I think, according to Wikipedia, the 11th highest grossing movie in 1977, though, of course, it's competing with, you know, Star Wars. As far as the critical response, as we've mentioned, this is film critic bait. You know, and, and you can see where that comes through, but it's it's generally just extremely well regarded by critics. Even even to this day, uh, reviews in the 21st century were saying, you know, rating it as in the top 10 funniest movies ever, all that kind of stuff. Even in, you know, the, the 2010s just a few years ago, rating it like the, the greatest comic film of the 20th century. So super, super critically acclaimed. And then, of course, as far as awards, this may be our most star studded film yet or our most, uh, awarded. Uh, it won best picture, uh, best director, best actress went to Diane Keaton, best original screenplay went to Woody Allen. And, um, interestingly, the categories, since I know we all want to know the categories, it did beat star Wars in where it was up head to head. Best picture, uh, also beat best director, um, <laughs> Star Wars was not up for either best actor or best actress. Fair. However, it did beat Star Wars on best screenplay written directly for the screen based on factual material or story material not previously published or produced. Though, of course, Star Wars did win original score.
3: So, if <clears throat> we're talking about Star Wars, Star Wars was definitely a ripoff of different types of storytelling, right? I mean, it was.
1: Like Flash Gordon and stuff.
3: Well Uh, no, that's not what I mean, is I'm saying like the story of Star Wars is is pretty uh, well known to not be original.
0: We can go deep on this, and this is another point I wanna make, is that for all the critical analysis you can do about Annie Hall, you can really dig into Star Wars too, which is maybe like the best comparison because it's a film from the same year, you know, in contention with this movie. But, you know, for example, Star Wars was uh, influenced by a lot of movies like uh, spaghetti westerns, which were influenced by samurai movies, as well as a lot of kind of mythological stuff. Like uh, Joseph Campbell wrote, you know, books on kind of the 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 storytelling that sticks around and is almost wired to i for human beings to identify with the the classic hero's journey, and it was really the first movie to kind of codify that. So. There's all kinds and of God, crazy stuff. In I would there. also
3: I would also make the argument that the 1970s was not ready for. I mean, Star Wars was, was yes, a, a you know a futuristic sci-fi, and people at the time were not really into that.
2: I I kind of saw that too. I, and this is a this may be kind of a reach, but I think like on the tail ends of the Vietnam War, I think maybe any semblance of comedy may have been, you know, sought after. Well, so I, I, I kind of had that theory, but I mean, that's kind of a reach. Let's well, n- it was 70. Sorry, Jack. Go ahead.
0: No, you go ahead. All
3: right. Well, in 77, <laughs> like it was we had a lot of, you know, the, the hippie movement was going on and Woody Allen was definitely a part of that. So I feel like a lot more people would be into Woody Allen's political humor more than
2: Star Wars. I mean, you say that, but like people f- flock to the theaters to see Star Wars. I don't yeah, think um, they did to go to see Annie Hall. Yeah, I don't think they're like,
1: "Mom, dad, I need to see Annie Hall again." <laughs>
3: but if you want to yeah. talk about who's in po- politics, it's going to be the people who are going to go and watch Annie <laughs> Hall. These are all just Christopher Walken
0: ago. impressions now.
2: <laughs> On that same vein, I guess I'm kind of, you know, debunking my prior point, but what did you say this movie brought in like 38 million or something like that? Yeah, 38 million. So Star Wars at the box office brought in 775 million. <laughs> God.
0: Yeah. Damn. Holy that's shit. That's what I was going to mention All right.
1: as well. We, are 100%. Which today is $1 <laughs> <laughs> and trillion.
2: And to put it into perspective, like, this is kind of indicative of the Oscars today even, but, like, just from sheer nominations, and I know that's not a catch-all, but, like, uh, the movie Julia and The Turning Point both had 11 nominations. Star Wars had 10. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind had 8. And Annie Hall had 5. All right, so what we're saying here is that it's all
3: bullshit and it's all been rigged, and I 100% agree with you. You're right.
0: (laughs) So on that note, I think uh, it's time for the part of the show that we all love. Uh, Of course, we're working our way from bottom to top of IMBD's rankings, but we are imposing our own order on the world and ranking these amongst ourselves. Uh, This is movie number 16 on our list. As we go around the table, where does this movie f- fall for everyone? June, where do you put this one?
2: Dead fucking last. Ooh. Yep. Number sixteen. I would I would rather watch short term twelve. I'll <laughs> Whoa, watch short term twelve
1: twice before I just <laughs> rewind it and do it again.
0: Shane, where do you put this one?
1: Can we throw a one off the list? Like so that it never <laughs> shows up on any two top two fifty ever again. Mike
2: s- may have to do that because he has Sleuth twice I'll watch the both lists. Sleuths
1: I'll watch 2007 <laughs> Sleuth and then Original Sleuth I'm, I'm yeah last like this should not be a movie and I still don't get that I, yeah. I'm yeah. i sure we're making enemies of the seven people and the one North Carolina person
3: we have but <laughs> nobody in North Carolina likes this movie <laughs>
1: And now we have no (laughs) listeners in North Carolina (laughs) This movie is sheerly
0: supported By the the weight and effort of New York City
1: (laughs) (laughs) What a crock of shit So wise man once said
0: Mike where do you put this movie (laughs) Alright You're not going to like this So
3: this movie goes between (laughs) Number one um, (laughs) This goes between Fiddler on the Roof And The Straight Story for Me So this is number seven now
2: I liked it. I liked, even though you guys shit on me, I like Woody Allen humor. So you objectively thought that this movie was better than Ratatouille.
0: You yeah. thought this was better than Sleuth 1972. Or
3: Rosemary's yeah,
2: Baby?
0: I, yeah,
3: yes. <laughs> yes. I, this is actually, I actually like this movie. Honestly, so, hold on. So about an hour into this, I forgot that I was watching it, but I liked the first <laughs> hour about it. I, right, I Mike, remember liking it. I remember liking it. Right. So Mike, is, the second Mike half is going hour. to
2: split his movie. Half of it goes near the top. <laughs> first and the other half, half goes of Eddie goes Hall. To the
1: top three. Second All half. Right. Yeah,
2: split, split my movie. It's going to be at 17
3: for the bottom half. And it's going to be at 7 for the <laughs> first Before half. Before you
1: go, Jack, I'm just looking at this list. And it's funny how you can see a pattern between June, me, and Jack. But Mike's is like... <laughs> darts at a fucking board.
3: <laughs>
1: I can't spot a pattern to save the life of me.
3: <laughs> so after the after the last 250 movie, we're gonna understand that I had the right idea about all of this.
0: What what I will say is I don't think it's the bottom of the list. There were moments about this movie I enjoyed, and it was clever, though sometimes it was also too clever by half, if you catch my drift. But while it's not the bottom of the list, it is probably about fourth from the bottom of the list. So I, I put it just ahead of Rosemary's Baby, spot number 14 for me. But yeah, overall, not not the best I've seen.
3: Unlike these other guys, I don't judge you for your decision on the movies
2: you <laughs> like. Oh, this,
1: this like. list
3: is split now.
2: Wait, that would be spot number 13
0: for you, right? No,
1: that's spot number
0: uh yes 13
1: okay yeah that pushes rosemary's baby down to 14 for you
0: yeah so the final litmus test do you recommend watching this movie
3: <laughs> i vote
0: no mike
3: so if you're gonna watch a woody allen movie don't watch this movie if you're gonna watch any woody allen movie yeah just don't, don't watch this movie
1: but <laughs> i like a movie he stars in not wrote and directed
3: <laughs> i think we covered everything Yep. Shane? No. Just
1: never see this film. You'll you'll feel better. Watch Star Wars.
0: June? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> and on that bombshell, uh, that's it for this one. We have rated and reviewed Annie Hall. Next week we're going to be watching 1948's Rope, uh, which, if I remember correctly, is an Alfred Hitchcock film and probably our first of many on this list. Oh, so could be could be interesting.
2: I don't, and I don't think any of us have seen or really know about the movie, right? No, I've never yeah. heard of it.
1: Does Alfred Hitchcock play a neurotic person having relationship troubles? What What,
0: you, what do you mean, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock is going <gonna> be, <laughs> be better than my film? I just, Every Alan impression you, all of you do now is just Christopher Walken. <laughs> They're the same person. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. It might sound like Christopher Walken now. Like I just don't understand. Like, what?